You're with SBS Radio. Find more great stories in your language at sbs.com.au. Dr. Kalinda Griffiths of the Centre for Big Data Research and Health at the University of New South Wales is joining us on NITV Radio to explore the Indigenous Data Sovereignty Evaluation Toolkit just launched by the Lowija Institute. Dr. Kalinda Griffiths, before we explore this toolkit, first of all, welcome to NITV Radio. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us what type of data we're talking about here and then why it is important to have Indigenous sovereignty over this data? Well, this is the Indigenous Data Sovereignty Readiness Assessment Evaluation Toolkit and it's designed to assess the needs of individuals and organisations um, within the research sector that control, develop, use, maintain and protect Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander data and information. So when we talk about what type of data, we are talking about all of those data that pertain to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and their health and wellbeing. Um, this includes administrative data, we're talking about survey data, we're talking about data developed up by communities, community-controlled organisations and sectors. Um, this can be used across all of those spaces. Who owns it and how is it collected? There's a lot of rules and regulations around how data can be used within health research as well so not only is this part of the story on that there's also an overarching code of conduct that institutions and um, organizations as well as individuals in those groups have to um, comply to Um, there's also you know legislation laws around that and there's also ethics processes that people have to adhere to. This is a little bit more of a, uh, um, an in, in-depth conversation. We all know that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sovereignty is still not recognised by the Australian Constitution. This along with a number of colonial legacies, um, we've seen historical, overt and systemic factors that continue to dismiss the priorities of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And this is particular within governments, within organisations and the systems that are supposed to be here to support us. So as a necessary step to move beyond those realities that affect population data developments, there is a need to progress Indigenous data sovereignty in practice. Um, And this allows us to be able to assert our aspirations, needs, desires with our data. How is it envisaged to attain Indigenous data sovereignty unless you control all the processes from collection to analysis and storage? So when it comes to health data and reporting in Australia, it's really important that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are seen. Um, without our visibility within that research and within that reporting nationally, then it means that we aren't heard. Um, if, if we become invisible, there's nothing to discuss and we kind of get pushed to the back burner. What we want to be able to do is to be seen, to be heard, to know that these issues are out there and the data that's used to describe our stories um, can then be utilised to enable a, a direction forward. When it comes to data sovereignty and asserting sovereign rights over our data, this is about ensuring that the fundamental rights of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the use of data is designed and implemented across a range of processes. And this will ensure that we can incorporate our culture, our, our values, our understandings, as well as aspects of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander ways of being and doing in the way in which this data is used. Um, and so we can't, you know, um, 
radically change the system. We can't burn it down at this point in time at all. Um, we have to figure out ways in which we can assert our rights within these systems while slowly changing them as we go. That's a bit more of a progressive approach that we take. And this is one step. This toolkit is one step in that direction. It enables people to be able to learn about data and information within the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander context and also step that forward and to put those uh, priorities of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the practices that occur within their organisations. Now, if a researcher wanted to do some study and research in health for First Nations peoples, how would they go about accessing that data? Would they have to necessarily go through the Lowija Institute or what would be the mechanism once the sovereignty is attained? When it comes to the discussion that we're having right now, it's not about, you know, compiling a whole heap of data and putting it into a data infrastructure that people can access. That is part of the, the talking around this. And yes, you know, we do want to have infrastructures that are specific for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, but that's just one part of the story. We've got a whole range of other aspects when it comes to data use. There is existing population level data. You know, when it comes to health data, we need to have census data to give us our denominator data. This is our, our population estimate data um, that's collected through the Australian Bureau of Statistics. It's actually um, legislated to make sure that everyone in the population is counted. That now is really very important to ensure that we've got the different data types that are required by individuals and there are rules already around the use of all of those things. Um, when it comes to a researcher trying to access that data, they have to adhere again to that Australian Code for Responsible Conduct of Research and they also have to adhere to making sure that all of the ethics have been signed off. And if they are using Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander ethic, uh, data, they also have to have a sign-up from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander ethics as well. Um, when it comes to implementing data sovereignty within their processes, this toolkit can assist with, you know, capturing the very big moving machine that is Indigenous data in Australia. And so there are so many components to this um, and aspects, um, and we could talk for quite a long period of time on this. Yeah, yeah. Because it's such a big moving machine, there is a range of different data types, there are different data measurements, there are different infrastructures, there are different legalities, you know, all of those things need to be considered. So this toolkit assists people in being able to navigate some of those um, really quite um, expansive discussions. And who is it available for? It's available to all um, uh, Lower Chair Institute members for free at this point in time. And if people aren't members of the Lower Chair Institute already, they can go and sign up to the Lower Chair Institute. Um, they've got a membership portal, which is easy to access on their site. I think it's lowerchair.org.au forward slash ID dash SOV toolkit and that can be accessed, um, uh, that will provide the access to the toolkit or to the membership portal um, to join up as well. And I have to quote um, Louisa Institute CEO, adjunct Professor Janine Mohammed, who said that the toolkit will play a critical role in efforts to close the gap in Aboriginal Torres Strait, Torres Strait Islander health outcomes. And this quote comes not even two weeks after the closing the gap day. Yes, 
So, you know, part of priority reform four of closing the gap has been a focus, there has been a strong focus on data. Um, this is about ensuring that we have appropriate data and accurate data to be able to um, address and monitor um, our communities and, and um, health, wellbeing, um, education, justice um, discussions. So, you know, there is a real need to have a chat about who is setting the priorities on behalf of whom when it comes to Indigenous data. And, you know, if we are going to be moving forward in prioritising, you know, the quality of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander data, which is critical in our um, understanding and addressing any um, factors or issues that, that may arise um, at the government level, at the local level, um, at the community level, um, then we need to make sure that we're steering this. We're the centre, we're at the front um, as well. So we want to be able to drive what happens with our information. We want to make decisions about those things that are important to us that get measured. We want to be able to have those discussions. And so if we're able to do that within the systems that currently exist, um, we're able to, I guess, illuminate and put a bit of a spotlight upon our ways of being, doing and knowing. That ultimately will work for us. And there's nothing, I think, more powerful than having that self-determination to be able to drive our own change. Can you tell us a little bit more about this toolkit and uh, its um, different components? So the toolkit, it's been built from um, about 18 months of background research work uh, and we did a review and highlighted some of the components that are important for Indigenous data sovereignty but we also developed up a range of tools that can assist researchers um, not just in uh, a single evaluation but also that could potentially so, uh, support an ongoing evaluation process or uh, continuous quality improvement process and what happens with Indigenous data within their organisations. Um, it actually includes a needs assessment tool, um, and this is to assess organisational systems and mechanisms in the use of Indigenous data. Um, we also have a logic framework template in there as well, and this is to support a systematic approach to the evaluation process um, that's going to consider relationships between the available resources, the activities and the proposed outcomes that people are going to do to drive Indigenous data sovereignty and practice discussions uh, and, and actions within their institutions. And we also have a monitoring and evaluation template in there as well. And this is to track and assess Indigenous data sovereignty and practice. And finally, we have a readiness assessment tool. Um, and this is to inform the evaluation of Indigenous data sovereignty within the proposed sectors. And also, you know, as, as I said, the readiness assessment tool includes a sample tool that can be developed across any stage of the evaluation and, and that quality, um, continuous quality improvement process as well. Yeah, and you mentioned it, it's also quite part of capacity building. Now, before I let you go, anything we haven't covered you'd like to add to the conversation? Oh, I would like to say, you know, like um, we are available to hold workshops on Indigenous data sovereignty and identifying, you know, ways in which organisations can put Indigenous data sovereignty into practice as well. 
we held a, a workshop today that was quite successful and I think, you know, um, people can walk away um, with a bit more of an understanding around what Indigenous data sovereignty is and, again, um, have a bit more of a, a, an insight to the vast um, data landscape that exists in Australia as well. Yeah, it's quite comprehensive. Dr. Kalinda Griffiths, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about uh, this evaluation toolkit for Indigenous data sovereignty. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. 